Pathway to Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, episode number 70, with the author of Seven Daily Choices, Dow Tippett. To put that in, in a nutshell, and, it, and as you can see, it's the bedrock that works for all the other choices, is you have to be more important than me. Becoming a servant is more important than being a leader. And if you really want to be a leader, you need to be a servant. Hi, this is Ted Green from Ted Green Films and the director of the film Eva A-7063, the astonishing story of Eva Kaur, Terre Haute woman who overcame being the victim of terrible medical experiments at the Auschwitz Nazi concentration camp to live a life of hope, healing, and humanity. Dr. Brad Miller is here on the Pathway to Promise podcast to help you overcome adversity to live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You're on the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes every person has a God-given, promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, and that you must have a plan and a guide to get there. The Pathway to Promise podcast not only is your guide through the wilderness of depression and disappointment that stand between you and your promised life, but also brings you insights and direction from inspiring, successful thought leaders who have transformed their lives. Welcome to the Pathway to Promise. Now, here's Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Pathway to Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. What an incredible honor it is to have you join me today in the Pathway to Promise, where we are all about helping you overcome adversity in your life to achieve your promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. What does that mean? It means if you have some bad things happen in your life, you lose your job, you go through a divorce, you have a health setback, you fail a class at school, you don't get promoted, you don't make the team, uh, you fall and skin your knee. Any number of things, but in particular those things which are devastating, can put us in a ditch if we allow it to. But what we are about here is helping you get the, the skills and the lessons and the, and the insight from others to help you overcome these adversities and to achieve what we call the promised life of peace, which is your emotional well-being and your relationships, which you're in a good place, your prosperity, which is having enough to live in your life and having good health and enough funds and everything you need to have some freedom to function in your life, and purpose, which is the having a, a reason to live, your big why, having a direction and fulfillment in your life and, and, a, a, and an ending place in your life or end goal in your life, which is a place of fulfillment and leave a legacy. I know you can do that. I'm trained to help you do that. Uh, I have 40 years in ministry, a doctoral degree in transformational leadership. I do some teaching here, but what I also love to do is talk to other great teachers who can help you learn from their experiences. And such is the case today when we have Dow Tippett with us, who is a, a leader and an author of several books, including his latest book, basically about marriage and marriage enrichment, called Seven Daily Choices. We'll get to down in just a minute. I did want you to know that you can find out more about the Pathway to Promise at our website, pathwaypromise.com. There we have back issues of back episodes of the Pathway to Promise. You can get some good stuff there to be helpful to your life. And also we have a free gift for you there, which is called the Four Minute Life planning guide that'll help you start and end each day successfully. 
Dal Tippett is our guest today. He has been in ministry. He's an author. He uh, does leadership speaking and, and leadership guidance and coaching. He's got some great things to say about how you can live your life successfully if you're very intentional. And the way he talks about his intention in the context of marriage is what he calls the seven daily choices. And he'll be talking about that today here on the Pathway to Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Let's get into our conversation with, with Dow Tippett right now. Dr. Brad Miller back with the Pathway to Promise podcast. And we have a great author today and a great leader who is, his name is Dow Tippett, and he is with us. And the name of his book and the name of his program that he promotes there that he has uh, has uh, authored is called The Seven Daily Choices. Dow, welcome to Pathway to Promise. Thanks, Brad. Good to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Very excited. Glad that you're here and you've got this book and program called Seven Daily Choices. But I got a feeling there's been some choices that you've had to make in your life that have been uh, in response to some challenges in your life. So just give us a little bit about your background and who you are and what you're about and maybe some of the challenges that you faced in life. Yeah. So um, I'm a, uh, I was in ministry for uh, 30 plus years ordained for 25 plus years. Um, that's been my background. Uh, I grew up in a single parent home. My father left when I was about eight. Uh, fortunately, uh, he and I were able to heal those relationships, and he's still – we're actually getting together here in about a month and a half. Um, but grew up in a single-parent home, uh, broken marriage, um, and then as I grew, I learned some things here and there, got into college. Um, I think like most of us, when I was young, I knew everything and uh, <laughs> found out later I didn't. Um, then 25 years in ministry, and in 25 years of ministry, there's been lots of ups and downs and twists and turns and unexpected events, unexpected choices by others. Sometimes you face what others do. Sometimes it's your own choices and things you don't recognize, and God's been able to lead me through uh, various changes all through my life. You know, you get to be 50. Adversity is probably the place where your greatest growth comes from. Mm. So. Yes. So what is one of those points of growth for you? What has been, be a little more specific, what has been a situation in your life that's happened that's helped you to grow? Well, let me talk about uh, two, actually. So the first one that's a big deal to me was when I was 28 years old, I'd been married about a year, not quite a year. Um, and I was in youth ministry in Phoenix, Arizona. And the, um, the, leadership team there decided I needed to go to counseling because I was struggling with all the volunteers I was working with. And of course, my response was, if they just listened to me, we wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, um, there you go. People are the problem. <laughs> yeah, I got you. So I went to counseling uh, and it really was just discipleship. This this man, Gene Ziegler, was just a Christian discipler uh, who wore the name counselor. And he brought me to a place uh, through the scripture and through our time together to understanding uh, where I had been living my life in the name of Christ, but really for Dow's own kingdom. And I began to learn the lessons of submission. It was a challenge for me to begin to understand what God means when he says, submit then to one another and how our hearts have to shift in the way we treat each other. And so that began to shift my life. I began to change not only my relationship at, at work, but my relationship at home with my wife began to change, and I began to do a deep dive. And over the next 20 years or so, I dove into submission. And my first book that I wrote is a memoir looking at that 
context of what the Bible actually says about submission, what biblical submission and that call is for all of us, um, and how that works to not only help us love others, but help us to live free lives and lead well uh, when we need to. Then uh, another challenge, probably the most recent challenge, about a year ago, not about a year ago, I mean like a year and a day ago, (laughs) yesterday was the anniversary, I was released from my last position. And it um, it was publicized as a launching into new ministry. Uh, the truth was that um, after merging two churches together, um, the differences in ministry tactics and direction for me and the lead minister had um, had just grown to the point where there needed to be a separation. And so he asked me to leave. So you had a parting of the ways, and it still, still sounds like there's some... Uh some pain and some drama that came along with that. And now you're having to find some new directions in your life. And it sounds like that you are sorting some of that, some of that through as you process things about you. You talked about being submissive, but what are some of the actions? What are some of the things you're doing now, uh, Dow that uh, you're learning or what are some of the uh, bold actions in your life that are either forced upon you or that you've chosen to take to help you kind of deal with this, uh, change of a turn of events for you well the first thing is you've got to keep coming back to the cross right um christ is available to us and as we look to him he continues to offer us an, a model and an observation of how we live and then there's a trust for me in god that he is working uh in me as well as in these circumstances so um i began searching out god what is next what is it you want for me i had had a vision for a future where i would be speaking and training on a broader scale uh that actually i'd had back in college and kind of given up on and then god brought it back about 6 months before um all the things went down with the other church and So I've been pursuing, trying to figure out, God, what does that look like? What does that look like for me? I've been writing. Um, I published my my fifth book, uh, Seven Daily Choices, which is what I'm focused on now. Uh, Back in November, I've been doing leadership seminars for um, everything from school kids, uh, high schoolers, college students, marriage seminars, trying to help people understand that relationship is how our life is going to be defined. And when we get to the end of our lives, it's all going to be defined by how we impacted positively or negatively the lives of those around us. And so how to do that well. And so even in my own life, as I'm teaching these seven daily choices that we talk about, I'm trying to live them out, um, trying to find ways to be better as a as a speaker, better as a presenter, um, and to bring God's kingdom into as many avenues as I can. So when something bad went, happened to you, one of your uh, choices was not just to pull the covers over your head and give up. You still stayed at it. You still stayed. You got reconnected in your faith. You did writing. You did your speaking. You did your seminars. You did these other things that you're involved with. And um, I'm hearing you say that, uh, you know, when bad things happen, don't stay stuck there, huh? Yeah, you know, it's so easy when bad things happen for us to to sink into the quicksand, right? And and honestly, it it is a fight when you're going through these kinds of struggles to get out. And the truth is, for me, the last five years have been um, very difficult. Uh, five years ago, a little over five years ago, my best friend's wife passed away. 
Hmm. And uh, he was an elder of the church where we were. Part of the reason we had a merger is that our church uh, went through several things in about a six-month period that just caused it to get where uh, there just wasn't sustainability. And the first was that my best friend's and this elder's wife passed away. And she was she was not just my best friend's wife. She was very dear to me as well. She was our women's leader, ministry leader at the church. Um, just a just an amazing woman. And she was like a sister to me um, in that she I believed in her. I believed in her powerful ministry, but she was good at calling me on the carpet and I was good at calling her on the carpet. There you go. <laughs> and so uh, she passed away. Uh, not long after that, he came to me and said, you know, I just can't. I can't worship here. Uh, there's just too much pain. And his grief uh, required him to move on, which was not only difficult for me, you know, having a leader and a friend leave my ministry, but having someone who uh, financially was a, a key component of how we maintain things at the church. And so I prayed, trusted, and knew that his he was not trying to uh, abandon anybody. He just needed to make a shift in his own life. And so he left. And from there, things just kind of went downhill. So within about six months, not only of losing her, uh, the church had reached a point where we had to close the doors and we had to look at other ways to be active in the community. And so we, we instead of just dying off, we brought what we had to another body uh, to help them grow and to bring what we offered to them. And um, so that was a loss for me. Sure. It was a difficult yeah. loss for me. And I have a tendency to it, not grieve. And just to be clear, you were the primary pastor. You were the lead pastor. Yeah, I, okay. I was. I was solo pastor with a couple of elders who did a lot. I, I yeah. got you. Okay. And uh, so that was difficult for me. And um, then you know we we made the merger. Um, I stepped back from being lead to take an associate role um, because even though we were supposed to be teammates, somebody's got to be the figurehead. You know, someone's got to be the chief. Right. And so I took back. I took a step back, um, which meant I had to give up some preaching. I was preaching every Sunday, you know, 48 times a year with a few breaks here and there and had to step back to doing 12, which was hard for me. That's my real gift. My one real gift is to stand in front of a group of people and talk. Um, and then the then after three years, that then got taken as well. And so it was just this slow decline over five years where – I just lost and lost mm -hmm. and lost. And I got to this. And so, you know, a year ago when that final um, kind of that final step happened, I began this process. My I don't grieve well. I'll just admit that I, I tend to be this guy who's going to just push forward and go to the next thing and the next thing. Um, so I did. I, I, I dove in. I began writing again. Um, I found Author Academy Elite where um, – my coach, Kerry Oberbrunner, has his own publishing company. I've been working through that. Um, and I began working again on a book. I began working with my brother. My brother is great. My my older brother and I are, are as close as brothers can be. And he is great at helping me see beyond myself and outside myself. So we began meeting weekly. I began looking for places to teach and share. I began preaching where I was, you know, as interim, began doing all these things. And it was about I'm going to say about four months ago, I realized I was going through grief. You mentioned that you can still hear that yeah. in, in my, in my voice and I, okay. and I'm still grieving. Yeah. There's still some, some grief. I'm, I'm beginning to get beyond uh, the anger and the bargaining phase into the place of acceptance. 
Um, but I'm still kind of in that and trying to admit that. One of the hardest things I think for us as Christians and maybe as men, <laughs> maybe it's a man thing and maybe it's just humans. I don't know. Cause I'm not yeah. a woman, so I don't know, but is to admit yeah. I'm hurting. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm broken. I, I, I have felt the loss along the way, but I have not allowed myself to grieve the loss and, and I need to grieve. Um, and so I've been trying to do that, trying to work through that. And I think we need to learn when we're facing adversity, when we're facing struggles, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I, I really admire about what you're sharing here, Dal, is that you, you're saying you need the help. And therefore, when you need the help, that means you have to draw on other sources of strength beyond yourself. You mentioned your brother and you mentioned some other things there. What uh, what has been kind of some sources greater than yourself, a power greater than yourself that you're drawing upon to help sustain you when you're going through, you know, these are heartbreaking times. You lose your job uh, for whatever reason, that's a heartbreaking time. And so mm -hmm. uh, other things. So what, what sources of power are you drawing on here? So uh, as a believer in Jesus, I spend hours a day with him, um, but I have an hour. I start my day, uh, an hour in scripture, an hour in prayer, an hour. And right now I've just started a devotional and that devotional time looks different at different times in life. I think sometimes people see this, you know, they'll hear me say an hour and they're like, I can't find an hour. Well, okay, then find 15 minutes, find Find 10 minutes. One of the things that I've done this last um, season since the first of the year is uh, my church where I'm attending right now is doing a read through the Bible plan. And as I'm reading through the Bible, I also post a scripture from that reading every day because I know there are people out there who are not reading that whole section of scripture. But if they'll just grab the post from my Facebook page, they can at least get a scripture from our reading every day. They can get something. And so I just encourage people to do something. Uh, I know people who, you know, not everybody's a, not everybody's a believer, but, you know, we know from science now the power of just mindfulness and taking time to meditate and the power that that has. For me, that's going to be a God moment. That's going to be a time when I communicate with my Heavenly Father and He communicates with me. Then the other thing I've done, I've added coaches to my life. Um, cannot recommend enough doing what it takes find find people close to you find you know, pay for the people you need put people in your life who have been where you are or are are where you want to be and learn from other people how to move forward if if you think you can get past your hurt and adversity on your own you're fooling yourself yeah. you need people in your life god has given us each other he says to he says to adam man was not meant to be alone and that's not just about marriage, although that's the primary relationship we have to represent our relationship with God. But we were not meant to face struggle and adversity by ourselves. We need each other. Yeah. I also am part of a, a group called Marked Men for Christ, which is an international group of men who gather together regularly to build one another up in the spirit and in the Lord and help each other walk out faith in our everyday struggles. And so those things are powerful, having people around you. So you want, first of all, you need to spend time with with God, with meditation, with whatever, whatever that moment is. Then you need time with other people. And then the last thing is you just got to move. 
you just got to do something to keep moving forward. And some days those steps are harder than others, but you got to keep moving forward. If you stay still, the adversity you face will crush you. Um, I mentioned, um, I mentioned to you before we came on that I'm a martial artist. Yes, you mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, and so the first part, thing... So see, that's yeah. part of the whole movement thing for you then, right? Yeah, yeah. The first thing we teach our students is how to move. <laughs> um, for those of us old enough to remember the old Karate Kid movies, oh, yeah. the best defense for a punch is don't be there. <laughs> move. <laughs> and when it comes to adversity, if you stand still, it will crush you. But if you shift even a little, you begin to make a move, get out of bed, make something happen, choose to serve somebody today, uh, no matter how small that may be, you're going to, be to begin to find hope and opportunity. I heard somebody say recently, uh, we can't be stressed and thankful, grateful at the same time. So even if you just take five minutes of gratitude a day, it's going to be better than you were. Yeah, I hope you replace some of that stress with so. something, the activity you take. And that goes this whole area of the martial arts and what you're sharing about these connections you've made. You mentioned about uh, uh, the importance of your brother and other relationships. But I'd like to move us a little bit down into something I know you're really focused in right now, and that's on uh, marriage and marriage enrichment and relationships. Mm-hmm. And then also in your, in your book, the, uh, the Seven Daily Choices, and this indicates to me that these are some intentional ways that you're looking to uh, oh, build your marriage as an example, but to get your life in some sort of a, a working way. But tell us a little bit about the power of loving relationships and then how some sort of a framework of these choices that you share about can help the rest of us who have our own struggles. Maybe we've lost our jobs. Maybe we have a, a, a bad health diagnosis. Maybe we, whatever, have a... Uh, you know, have a, uh, have a car wreck or something, but give us some tips give us some direction on loving relationships. Sure. So building loving relationships is a key to anybody having strength. We're not meant to be alone. And we, the truth is you're going to interact with other people, whether that makes you happy or not. (laughs) Um, and even introverts, you're going to have relationship. And so I have seven steps that we talk about in our book, seven daily choices. And what we try to do is offer frameworks for how to actually do these. It's interesting as I talk to business leaders that the, the level of need for soft skills has grown, right? We understand now the power and the value, you know, the ROI of soft skills. Well, so often we talk about them, but there's no real framework for, well, how do I do that? And what we've done in Seven Daily Choices is laid out some frameworks and it's an allegory. So it's a story you get to read and then the lessons are in there. Um, But I'll run through those real quick, just highlight them and then let you know, we have set up a page for your listeners um, at sevendailychoices.com backslash pathway promise. Um, Cause that's your website, right? Yes. Pathwaypromise.com. So pathway promise. If you put that together, you'll get a poster. It's just a PDF poster of these seven choices. And Excellent. they are Excellent. vulnerability. The first choice is we have to take risk. Okay. Relationships don't work if we don't, right? Then second is awareness. We've got to be willing to understand other people. Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand and then be understood. So we've got to make that choice every day, every contact to to be aware of the other person more than ourselves. Um, number three is safety. And what we talk about in safety is the willingness to give generosity and gratitude. Um, generosity and gratitude make such a big difference in becoming a safe person for others to be around. 
then number four is honesty. And we talk about rigid honesty. Um, but the key to that is to understand that safety and honesty always go hand in hand. So when you see the poster, these are the pillars because safety and honesty rise and fall together. Um, if you're not safe, you're not going to be honest. If you're not honest, you're not going to feel safe. Those two things need to work hand in hand. The Bible says to give the truth in love. You've got to do both. It can't yeah. be one or the other. Um, but so, we want to be able to be rigidly honest with each other. And so that requires us being safe, and that requires us making a choice every day to say I'm not going to be false with others or with myself. That's, Sometimes that's, that's the area of having that trust factor within the safety in order to be honest and forthright. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Say, okay. Say, say more. So here we go. Number five then is to choose uh, forgiveness because none of us are perfect. <laughs> so in the midst of making these choices, it doesn't, you know, sometimes we have a tendency uh, to hand out these frameworks and like my wife and I have these on our, on our uh, refrigerator. I have a friend who keeps them on their wall in their bedroom to keep reminding them, but we're not perfect. And so forgiveness is that next choice because we won't, we won't do them right all the time. And so we have to be willing to say, I'm going to forgive you. And we talk about racing to forgiveness and how that needs to be a quick response and learning to do that well. Then number six is integrity. And integrity is about consistency. It's about clarity. And then it's about character. Because if it's just consistency and clarity, Hitler had consistency and clarity. Yeah. But okay. we want character as well. Mm -hmm. And so character becomes a part of that. And we talk about those. And then finally, the bedrock that sits underneath all of them is submission. And I've talked about that before. And I've written an entire volume on that that one idea of submitting our hearts for the sake of others. But to put that in in a nutshell, and, and as you can see, it's the bedrock that works for all the other choices, is you have to be more important than me. Yes. Becoming a servant is more important than being a leader. And if you really want to be a leader, you need to be a servant. And so those those truths are in in that volume, but also in Seven Daily Choices, you know, we've got a smaller version of that. And again, you can just go to uh, Seven Daily Choices dot com backslash pathway promise and that'll get you the link where you yeah. can you know we'll put some you can get that. more about that in our show notes as well but it sounds like some very practical and helpful things but let's put this in the context for a minute Dow of of uh real life people real life uh, situations how have uh, let's just say that you're you know you, you mentioned about how you've had people in your life who you were connected to you know, your brother and your wife and others who have been mentors and helpful to you in this process. I wanted you to put yourself in the place, maybe you have this, where you are had people who are hurting that you know in your life or that you have some connection with. How are some of the concepts that you have here? How can they be helpful? How can they be pragmatically applied to people's lives? Right. So, uh, and again, there's a framework for each one of those seven choices, but, but, Let's just talk about the you come first idea um, and where that can play out. Um, submission is about choosing to love others more than yourself. And when you talk, when we talk about marriage, um, the reason I got onto the subject of submission is, like I said, I was about six months into marriage. I was going to counseling and I was asked to preach out of First Peter chapter three, where it starts, wives submit to your husbands. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. and. You know, here I am. I'm the new guy 
on staff. I'm the new guy at marriage. I'm the new guy in all this. So I'm like, okay, I got to get this right. Yeah. And what I was amazed by is that submission, the word itself, actually hupatasso, uh, means under the feet of. Hmm. I mean, it's a very strong word. And, yes. and oftentimes we hear pastors um, who will preach it and they'll try to lessen the power of what God is calling us to. But what you discover in scripture is it is always the choice of the strong. Um, it's the stronger person who chooses to surrender themselves for somebody else. If submission is forced, that's abuse. Hmm. But when submission is chosen, it's a powerful work that allows us to bring transformation to life. So let's just get real practical. This works in every relationship in your life. But um, one of the places I struggle with it the most, so we'll talk from my own adversity, is that is with my children. Okay. <laughs> I love my children. Um and my children are amazing. Don't get me wrong. I have great kids, but I have higher expectations sometimes for them than they live up to, right? I understand, yes. And learning to discipline your children, train your children for their sake and not for your own is a shift that reduces anger. It reduces the emotional side of things. It reduces your, your ten, my tendency, I shouldn't blame other people, to respond quickly to um, their choice to become your adversary. <laughs> so in my own home, this is a place where this plays out regularly. I have one daughter in particular who is um, – she is about to graduate, so she will officially be an adult in about 20 days, and she is learning to become her own person. Okay. And she has made some choices recently that I would not have had her make. <laughs> they weren't bad. Again, good kid, smart mm -hmm. kid, just choices I would not have made. Sure, I understood. And I've had to let her. I've had to let her make the choice. Now, because she's still in my house and because she's not quite an adult yet, I'm there. If something falls apart, I'm going to be there for her. Right. And that's that's my goal. But my job, learning to become an advocate for her instead of a trainer, as I have been, right. allowing her to learn from life rather than from me, man, that's a tough shift to make. Mm -hmm. But for her sake and for the sake of the kingdom of God, one of the choices she's made um, in all this shifting around, um, we struggled to find a new place to worship. You know, we were comfortable worshiping where we were. We've always had a leadership role. I've been in ministry, so we've always had a uh, our defined place of worship there for us. And so we had to find a place on our own, right. uh, which we hadn't had to do in almost 20 years. In fact, she was she was eight months old the last time we had to do that. And we found a place. We felt God led us to a place. And I ended up being the senior leader of that church. Um, and that wasn't the goal. It was just right. finding a place to worship. So here we were again. And she chose to go somewhere other than where we are going. Okay. And there's a part of me that goes, I want my kids with me in church. Sure. But the other part of me says, you know what? She's choosing to follow Christ on her own, and she's seeking to, to provide for her own spiritual growth without me, without her mother. Mm -hmm. That's a thing to be celebrated, 
not changed. And yet it still, and has, so, still has unco- uncomfortable, a little bit painful for you. But oh, you're, yeah. But you are helping to, uh, I, I like the term abide when it comes to this type of things, where mm-hmm. you abide as in come alongside, I'm here with you, we're on this journey together, but I'm not, uh, you know, uh, cradling you. I'm not, uh, you know, uh, it's a little bit different than nurturing. We're still nurturing, but we are, you know, we're not re- totally responsible. You're you're responsible for your own life, but I'm here with you and abide with you. Right. And so, yeah. Can Can I give you another practical, another sure. practical way this plays out? Let's talk about awareness. We right, mentioned it. Stephen Covey, but let's just talk about our real world right now. We oftentimes find ourselves in um, more easily faced with people who think differently than us. Right. You're You're in ministry. Yes. <laughs> I am. I'm sure you face some of these battles yes. um, where where people don't think the same. Of course. And as Americans and our freedom to of speech, we oftentimes find ourselves fighting for our freedom to share our opinion. But we're not fighting for somebody who disagrees with us to have the same freedom. <laughs> right. Yeah, we are. We want to say we're tolerant, but we're only uh, we're not only tolerant of our own position. We're not tolerant of the others. So yeah, yeah. And and one of the things I've learned in this awareness thing is if you will step back long enough to be aware of the other person as a human being. Um, I heard a guy recently talk about them. Just give them dignity. Mm-hmm. They, you don't have to agree with them to give them dignity as a human being. What you will find is. That while we may disagree on certain aspects of life, there are still a whole lot of things we're going to agree on. And we can be friends and disagree civilly and disagree well and actually make a bigger impact on each other's lives for the betterment of our society as a whole, even though we disagree because we took the time to listen, yeah, to just be aware of somebody else. That's being respectful and that is – it says we are talking a bit in faith-based stuff here. That is the overall uh, issue of uh, a faith-based approach is to appreciation of others, you know, if they're different than you, you know, mm-hmm. love, and the, love your neighbors yourself. And, you know, I think one of the things that I, I grew up in a very conservative um, background in church, church life, very, very conservative uh, Protestant group. And, and it, quite, quite honestly agree with most of what they say, but I have strong disagreements with how they've approached it mm-hmm. in the last hundred years. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and my struggle is just because you're right, doesn't mean you're treating other people right. And if you don't treat other people, right, even if you think they're wrong, yeah. then you are wrong. Yeah. Well, attitude, <laughs> attitude and tone and choice of words all do matter. All yes. Do, all, all do yes. Matter, so. And that's a matter of awareness. That's a matter of taking the time to know yourself and know others and really taking the time to understand. We we have, you know, if you want to get a personality test, you can you can uh, there's a hundred of them now. Right. But right. disc, Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, whichever one you like. Right. But what happens is we get those out and we start labeling people. Hmm. And the problem is that's good. I mean, for understanding, but that's all it's about. It's about understanding how somebody else thinks. But if you don't take from others, and when we overcome adversity, we want to overcome struggles in our life, we have to be willing to see life from somebody else's perspective. I got to tell you, um, 
this last year, one of the big struggles I'm facing right now is putting myself in the shoes of the senior leader who let me go (laughs) and trying to understand his side, his heart, his choice. And I may, I may still disagree. I may still think he made a mistake. I may not, Mm -hmm. but if I'm going to live out these same practices I ask other people to do, then I've got to be willing to do that. Yeah. I've got to be willing to ask the question, why from his side was this a, the move he felt he needed to make? And, you know, I'm, that is what it is. It, and whether I agree or not isn't the point. It's I'm taking the time to try to understand. Yeah. Well, you're trying to build uh, some bridges rather than erect walls and have some understanding of, uh, from someone else's perspective. And to me, if you're going to uh, overcome adversity in our lives, we cannot live in a bubble. We cannot be an isolationist. We have to be engaged. And mm-hmm. some of those parts of engagement have to do with uh, engagement with something that's interpersonal, well, like a, your wife or another person, your brother, as you mentioned, or even our adversary, perhaps an adversarial relationship, whether it's uh, someone who's fired you or whether it's a, you know, a, a social political thing or whatever it would be to understand that we're all in this uh, all in this together but i also think it's helpful to have the the framework of what you've shared here about how to do it because i think that's mm-hmm. what we're a lot missing a lot of we have a lot of emotion a lot of charge in our whatever adversity happens can emotionally get us charged up but we need tools and help through it so you've given us some good stuff here why don't you get tell us again uh Dow, about how people can know more about you and what you offer your courses and things that you've got on social media i spend most of my time on facebook and linkedin as dow tippet d-o-w-t-i-p-p-e-t-t i'm sure that'll be in show notes um and then if you come to seven daily com. Um, that's going to connect you to my webpage. Uh, it's, it's actually branded there under several names all come together there and there's stuff on leadership. There's stuff on, um, there's stuff on marriage. There's stuff on, there's some resources there that you can access and get your hands on. Awesome conversation I was able to have with Dal Tippett, the author of Seven Daily Choices. Hope you took it to heart. There's some practical nuggets, some golden things there for you to have to help you live your life successfully, to have your life at peace prosperity, and purpose. Let's just touch on a few of the key points before we close our conversation today. Dow himself went through some difficult times in his life. He He was fired from his job as a church pastor, and after some also turmoil, he lost a great friend. Several things he had to deal with. He had some difficulties in parenting. Uh, several of the challenges that he had to overcome in his life, and he admitted that he did not do grief well. But he processed his grief through writing and through teaching and through being active. And I think that's a lot of things that we need to do. Understand that grief does happen when we have a loss and to learn how to grieve. And some of the things he does give us to help us with this is by partnering with other people. He mentioned his brother and a group of men who who holds him accountable. He uh, Also, it's okay to ask for help. He talked about a daily discipline he has of prayer, scripture reading, and devotion and the encouragement that he has and to do something for others. And that how when you do something for others, that, that helps you to not be focused on your own troubles too much. Talk about adding coaches to your life and learning to move forward. He talked about using his martial arts, his physicality combined with mindfulness to be a helpful piece as well, as well to keep moving. And the key to the strength is to offer a framework on how to, how to do this. And he does offer this framework in his seven daily choices, Hope you picked up on those and that you can get more about it 
you can get a downloadable guide to the seven uh, daily uh, choices or seven uh, daily choices at uh, sevendailychoices.com pathway promise so i encourage you to go there and download them there's several things there about the seven daily choices that you're going to have but it really boils down for him submission which means that you give yourself up you give yourself up to god or to others and strength comes when you surrender to another and have awareness of that. Good stuff from Dal Tippett. Learn from him. Learn from great people like him. Get his book, Seven Daily Choices, to help your marriage and other areas of your life. We're here to be helpful to you here on the Pathway to Promise podcast. My name is Dr. Brad Miller, and regularly we come over, come to you on the Pathway to Promise podcast where we bring teaching and great guests like Dal Tippett and others to speak into your life a word word of encouragement and hope to help you overcome adversity and achieve your promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. You can go to our website, pathwaypromise.com, find back episodes of the podcast, and get our free gift, your four-minute life planning guide. That'll be helpful to you there. It's been an honor and privilege to be with you, my friends. Dr. Brad Miller with you, encouraging you to keep your promises because there's power in our promise kept. Thanks so much for taking the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. As a subscriber, you'll be a vital part of the Pathway to Promise community. Visit us on the web at pathwaypromise.com. Until next time, remember to stay on your Pathway to Promise.